declaration of faith. This is my Bible, God's written living word to me. It reveals to me who God says I am and tells me what God says I can have. Because it's how he thinks, I choose to believe and act on what I'll read. And therefore, I am transformed. Hey, everybody, again, good morning. Great to be here. Great to be back in the pulpit. And wasn't that a fine message last week? I love the quotes. Uh, and this guy's a character. I can see where his daughter gets it now. Just ham, total characters. And I loved that message. I went out of here. I told Chad afterwards, I said, man, I wish I could tell stories like you do. I just have ad- admi- always admired storytellers, people that can get up and, and in a public speaking venue and tell great stories that make their point. Hey, uh, f- uh, how many of you have ever worn or presently wear uh, corrective vision? Maybe your eyeglasses or you, you have... Uh, the, the little round disc things. Oh, contacts, yes. Now, how many of you have ever forgotten your vision correction and left for the day? Yeah, when it went out, okay. How many of you have ever uh, uh, broken your vision correction and had to, had to go about your daily activities without that Focus. Yeah. It's difficult when we can't focus. Life changes when we can't focus. Perception of right and wrong changes when I can't focus. My destiny and the places I have to go that day change when I can't focus. And I've noticed that when I don't have my glasses on, that there's a general sense of uneasiness, kind of like something's following me, and I'm looking, you know, I'm having to look twice before I go out into an intersection with my, pull out into an intersection with the vehicle. I have to be aware that nobody's, you know, and and it just changes my whole... uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about when, when you can't focus? See, the same is true spiritually. When we can't focus spiritually, it creates a general uneasiness in our walk with God. And it creates an uncomfortableness being around other people who walk with God. Oftentimes, we see somebody else who's walking with God, and they seem to have such clarity, such purpose, such confidence in their decision-making. And we're sort of stumbling around wondering, why is that? Why, wh- I love God as much as they do. I, I've been serving the Lord as long as they have, and yet I don't seem to have that. And I'm wondering this morning if it's because we've lost focus. The big idea, if you're taking notes this morning, and oh, by the way, the notes are in our Bible app. So if you'd like to go out to the Bible app, those of you that have already downloaded it, you can go out there and just uh, 
click on the sermon notes icon in the Bible app and you can take notes this morning. Your focus will determine your future. Your focus will determine your future. Your level of fulfillment will be determined by your focus. Your understanding of who you are in Christ is determined by your focus. The level of success that you rise to. The level of the inheritance that God has for you that you walk in and realize will be determined by your focus. How many of you know when you can't see clearly, you make bad decisions and you go the wrong direction? How many of you, because you couldn't focus, made a bad decision? How many of you, because you couldn't focus, whether you lost your glasses or they were crushed or whatever, it was foggy outside maybe and you just couldn't focus, you went a wrong way? How many of you have ever turned down a wrong road because... You couldn't see clearly. You couldn't focus. Boy, I have. And isn't it a little embarrassing when you get your glasses back or the cloud clears and the fog lifts and you see where you are and you realize, man, (laughs) but for focus, I wouldn't be here. I want to help you focus this morning. I want to help you get your focus back. And we're going to begin with this idea That whatever you feel is your greatest failure isn't. It actually serves as an opportunity for the greatest revelation of who you really are and what you are really capable of. Whatever you feel is your greatest failure isn't. It's actually a path of opportunity to increase in grace and self-awareness and giving to others. You see, fulfillment is never obtained in what you own or even in how you feel in any given moment of the day. It comes from understanding your identity in the Father who he's made you to be in Jesus Christ. Did you know you look like Jesus? I mean, when God looks at you, he looks, you look like Jesus to him. (laughs) Consider Proverbs chapter four and verse 25. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes. Stephanie, that w- it was the second song. I mean, you would have thought we talked about your set list, your song list. We didn't. I didn't have this title transmitted to all the various media ministries and so forth till Saturday. You already had your set list chosen before Saturday, didn't you? Do you remember the words to that second song? Well, just can you remember any of them? There was specifically a phrase about fixing your gaze. Yeah. Uh, Do you have it up uh, here? We, we're fixed on this one thing. Can we put that? Oh, oh here it is. Read it for me, uh, Steph. 
it's hard not to sing it, you know? Are you having difficulty seeing that? <laughs> no, no, singing sing Oh, it. you're going to sing it? No. Oh, geez. <laughs> we, okay. We are fixed on this one thing, to know your goodness and see your glory. We are transformed by this one thing, to know your presence and see your beauty. Wait till we get through this message. So be ready to pull those words back up, sweetheart. Message translation of this says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all slideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. I don't know about you, but every day I begin with a slideshow. I mean, it is just rolling. In fact, sometimes I'll wake up, how about you, two, three o'clock in the morning. And I'm rehearsing, and I'm thinking. Sometimes I can get into a cold sweat, Dave, thinking about, and you know what, those slides, they're, they're never victory in Jesus, my identity, you know, in Christ, I'm an overcomer. They're, you know, they're never all of those slides. They're never the slides in my notes. <laughs> Have you noticed that? When you wake up and you're rehearsing, your day, when you're rehearsing your circumstances, when you're rehearsing having just lost your job, when you're rehearsing having had to leave a job because of sickness and now against their word, they're no longer taking you back. Have you ever noticed that when you wake up in the middle of those kind of trials and temptations, that the slideshow that starts going through your mind is continuous? And the writer of Proverbs says, you keep your eyes straight ahead in focus and you ignore the slideshow of distractions. Does that help anybody this morning? We, we could stop right there and go home. I've, I've been helped. I don't know about you, but I've been helped. See, I always get help before I come share my help with you. And then I get helped again because I say it all over again. And then sometimes I say even brilliant things during the sermon that I hadn't thought of. <laughs> tweetable things. Yes. Tweet, tweetable. I, we have a new, tw we have a new tweeter <laughs> who's been tweeting out quotable twits, tweets from the twit, the head twit. All right, and we're going to digress and move forward with the notes and try to stay on focus here. Definition, it's always important. I, I love Webster. Webster was a believer. Web, Webster was born again and spirit-filled, talked in tongues, cast out devils. I didn't know Webster, but I just am sure he did. I mean, next to the Bible, if you could have no other book, Webster's Dictionary. He says that focus is a state or condition permitting clear perception and understanding. He says it's a center of activity, attraction, or attention. How are you doing with that? Is your family a center of attention? Is your church and what's going on at your church, a center of attraction for you? Or is it an obligation once a week? 
It also means a point of convergence. So, for instance, a, a beam of particles, a, a beam of light, a, a beam of heat, a beam of sound. Did you know that one of our great military weapons loaded on some of these incredible military vehicles, transport vehicles that they take now into battle are sound systems, very, very high-powered sound systems that they can focus like a laser and shoot that sound over miles and disable the hearing of the enemy. So disrupt well, now that's not new. We read about that in the Old Testament where God would come in with a noise and completely disrupt the enemy. And the enemy, they'd walk into town with their swords ready for battle and all the enemy would be lying all over the ground having killed themselves. Whew. That's favor. That's focus. That's what God does for you all day long. No matter what circumstance you get yourself into, he's always bringing us around back to focus. Focus on him. Focus on his love. Focus on who he is. I love that. How many of you have ever taken a magnifying glass? You know what I'm talking about. Magnifying glass and held it up in the sun and gotten it just right, maybe on a piece of paper, and then watched a hole burn into that paper, watched it start smoking. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. See, that's focus. That's taking something that's available to all, helps everybody, warms our planet. Without it, we couldn't live. And focus it. And with focusing that, I can start a fire. I can be lost out in the woods and start a warm fire with my magnifying glass. Anybody ever fry any ants? <laughs> See? Focus will cause the impossible to become all things are possible. Focus will take the impossible and make it all things are possible. Focus will bring clarity regarding the will of God in your life. Focus will attract provision. Say it with me. Focus will attract provision. Say it again. Focus will attract provision. See, God's already provided. I just need to get focused and allow that provision to flow through me. It's not a secret He's, he, he's not like dangling a carrot. <laughs> you know. He, focus gives clarity to your faith and commands your dreams to become reality. Focus makes faith fat. Focus makes faith fat, which means full of anointing and transformation. How many of you want more anointing? How many of you want to walk in a greater life of transformation? How many of you want to be transformational with friends and relatives and people that you meet, acquaintances? Yeah. Well, focus will make your faith fat, full of anointing 
and transformation. Focus comes, listen, focus comes from bathing in the presence of God. See, you chose that song before I ever said that. But that song says that. See, when we bathe in God's presence, His Spirit refocuses us. And that slideshow gets set off to the side. And we get a vision of who we are in God. And what He has said by His promises is possible. One of our famous automobile manufacturers, the president of the company, said this, and I quote, The man who cannot or will not make up his mind quickly and definitely when he has all the necessary facts to do so will change his mind quickly at the first sign of obstacles or allow other people to talk him out of what he was previously focused on. What if... What if Jesus would have lost his focus on the cross and said, God, get me down off here? (laughs) There's an old hymn. He could have called 10,000 angels and he would have been delivered in a second off that cross. But see, Jesus was focused. We're told about it here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the slideshow that was running through his mind, wanting him to give up, tempting him to come down off that cross. He disregarded all of it. And he endured. And he sat down at the right hand of God revealing his deity and his authority and the completion of his work. I don't know about you, but I happen to believe I have a work in this earth. I happen to believe before it's my time to leave this planet, I have a destiny to fulfill. Now it's my choice to stay focused and to complete that destiny. Nobody And nothing can interrupt you and stop you from fulfilling your destiny on this planet. Nothing. You can't blame others. You can't blame a family member. You can't blame your job. You can't blame something else that's going on in the world. You can't blame a politician. In fact, you can't even blame a shooting. No, because we're going to rise up and we're going to be better and we're going to focus and we are not going to be distracted by the slideshow that's running on the side of things. And if necessary, we'll even stay on that cross that's a cross to our set. Here's the message translation of that verse. 
Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on it. We'd better strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. And it will shoot adrenaline into your soul. (laughs) You see, your focus will determine your destiny. Your focus will determine your future. What if Paul had lost his focus while he was sitting in jail? Think about it. In the net translation, New English translation, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings. Here's verse 13 and 14 from that same chapter. Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out for the things that are ahead with this goal in mind. I'm sure that many of you will remember a great author, success entrepreneur, Writer, philanthropist, him, Uh, people that give away a lot of money, Uh, and wrote a book that's become like the de facto gold standard in thinking positively, Think and Grow Rich. Anybody want to tell me who the author of that is? Napoleon Hill. What a lot of people don't know is that Napoleon Hill, when he was a much younger man, went to interview Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie was going to give him three hours in an interview. It turned in to three days. Dale Carnegie actually wound up interviewing Napoleon Hill. He said, Napoleon, the world needs a new success philosophy that average men and women can benefit from the knowledge of other successful men and women like myself. And by the end of the third day, Carnegie said to Napoleon, I'll ask you one question which you must answer with a simple yes or no. Don't answer it until you have made up your mind definitely. Here was the question. If I commission you to organize the world's first practical success philosophy, 
Will you devote the next 20 years of your life to research and interviewing successful people and earn your own way while doing it? Yes or no? Some years later, Napoleon Hill learned that Carnegie was holding a stopwatch on his lap under the desk. Set for one minute. He was going to give, did I say Napoleon? Dale Carnegie was holding this stopwatch. He was going to give Napoleon Hill 60 seconds to respond. Napoleon Hill responded within 29 seconds and said absolutely yes, leaving 31 seconds to spend on focus of how he was going to make this happen even before the stopwatch went off. He later learned that Carnegie had made this same offer to 250 other people and all of them flunked it. And the average time for those 250 to respond was from three hours to three weeks. And they all flunked it. What would happen if you and I really got focused on what God has called us to do and refused to allow the slideshows of distraction to take us away from what God has determined is our calling? What would happen if instead of constantly procrastinating and having to think about it and pray about it and all of that. We had such a walk with God, su such an intimacy with the things of the Holy Spirit. Just by in Him we live and move and have our being. And so because I bathe myself in His presence every day, when something comes up that's a real decision, a direction, a chance, an opportunity, I say, yes. I'll do that because, see, that comes up out of that wellspring, Dave. That comes up out of that wellspring of life. And that comes up out of spending time with the Holy Spirit, Kathy. That, that, that just rises up out. See, you can, not every decision can be this way, but there are things regarding your destiny that if you wait too long, you will miss your opportunity. It's called Seize the Moment. Carpe diem. Anybody remember the great movie? It is my favorite. Dead Poet Society. Greatest movie ever filmed. Who was the star? Robin Williams. And in that movie, there's a moment where he gets up on his desk. I feel a little bit like him this morning. He gets up on his desk before all these rigid, staid, legalistic students that have been taught by all these professors of a certain way to do it and understand life and process decisions. And of course, just him getting up there totally wiped everybody out. He just floored them all. And he gave this incredible speech about living life and seizing the moment. 
and not being distracted by everybody else's stuff. You've got to follow the call of God on you. Mm. Carpe diem. And I'm saying to you this morning, every one of you is in that same place. What I hope to do is transform all of you to the place, get you all to be such so excited and enthusiastic about the things of God that you'll start standing on your desk and you'll start giving the speech to those who follow you, to those that you influence. Come on with me. Come on with me. We can do this together. Would life change significantly for you if you stayed focused? And have you asked yourself, if I don't stay focused, in this thing that God has spoken to me, what will happen? Will someone miss being prayed for? Will someone's healing be delayed because I didn't stay focused? I mean, ask yourselves, if, if Paul hadn't stayed focused in that jail, would we be here right now? Would half of, more than half of the New Testament ever have gotten written would we ever have received this great revelation of the gospel of grace and historical reconciliation if Jesus hadn't remained focused on the cross? Would you and I have ever been reconciled to God the Father and our lives transformed forever by his love? What will happen if you do not remain? I, I want you to consider this. Don't be distracted in the moment right now. What will happen in your life and in your sphere of influence if you do not remain focused? What would happen if you don't remain focused on the urge of the Holy Spirit to be involved in your local church? What guest would be turned away by feeling unwelcomed. What child might never make it into their classroom to hear about the love of Jesus because there weren't enough teachers and helpers that morning to include even just one more child into that class? What family will come in our doors and then leave without returning because they weren't well-loved and warmly greeted in the parking lot and at the front doors? You see, all of this has to do with focus. All of this has to do with you and me responding to the Holy Spirit and staying far focused. So let me give you three things that will help you. These are just some action items that you can take with you this morning. Number one, if you're going to stay focused and your focus, since you know your focus will determine your future, if you will do these three things, to stay focused, number one, turn your eyes from distraction. Turn your eyes from distraction. Focus on Jesus. Ask yourself, what am I focused on that's building the kingdom of God? What am I focused on that's reaching people? Or am I completely focused on just myself? What am I focused on that's transforming lives? How can I be involved with the local church, my local church in a greater way. Number two, the second thing you need to do to remain focused. Make up your mind that you will press 
despite the contradictions to your faith. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, and then in Philippians chapter 3, both Paul and Jesus pressed through every contradiction. So in that moment where the slideshow's going and your mind is swirling with contradictions to your very faith, contradictions that tell you, I'm not even saved. I can't sing. I can't read my Bible. I don't feel like praying right now. How many of you have ever... Yeah, those are all contradictions that you press through, you endure, you stay steady because you are focused like a laser. And number three, change your past. Start a new one today. So many of us are hung up in yesterday and the regret of bad decisions, bad choices, And a poor path that we took. Did you know you can change your past right now? Starting today, you can change your past. Let me tell you how easy it is. For the rest of today, take this message. Spend time in God's presence, just loving Him and worshiping Him. You don't have to do anything different. Go about your business. But be aware that in Him you live and move and have your being. Stop whether you're driving or you're walking the dogs or whether you're mowing the lawn or you're having a conversation or whatever you're doing. Just pull aside in your, in your spirit for just a second and say, oh, Jesus, you're incredible. Man, I love you. And right back at it, okay? Right back at it. Just talk to him. Just love him. Be with him. Let his presence bathe you. And as you do that, then you will begin to make good decisions and better choices today. By the end of today, as you sleep then and go into tomorrow, guess what? You've just changed your past because of what you determined to do today differently. You set your course, you stayed on it, and I changed my past already. Now, guess what? Just add another day to that. And then add another day to that. And pretty soon you get to the end of the week and you've had five days where you made intentional choices to stay focused, to love Jesus, to enjoy his presence, and maybe even introduce somebody else to him. As we had the choice the other day, we were, we've been over at the new facility in the Mission Trace Shopping Center. Every day this week, we take our dogs and we walk around the shopping center and we prayer walk. All right, praying over the businesses and declaring victory and declaring health and healing and declaring miracles in that shopping center. It's become our new congregation. Mission Trace is our new congregation. That's what we're calling it now. So we were over there the other day with the dogs and we had barely just gotten them out of the car and all leashed up and we were starting on our walk and out from the liquor store walked two guys. And they were the most gregarious and outgoing. And they were, you know, I could smell liquor on the one that I was talking to. So Nina took one and I took one. And, and we went through these long conversations, so much so that we both felt like it's time to retire that and get on with the dogs. You know, we had loved well, we had been friendly, we had welcomed them. But I later thought when I was laying in bed and I was going through my slideshow, I later thought, you know, Jeff, why didn't you just say to him, Do you know how crazy God is about you? 
Man, he loves you. Is there anything I could pray with you about right now? Do you have anything in your life right now I could just ask God to do for you? Do you know how easy that would have been? You can completely create a new past by starting with one day and just keep adding. Pretty soon you have 30 days of new past. Next you'll have 60 days. Then you'll have several months of new past. And you can correctly, honestly, truthfully say, I've got a new past. I'm walking in a new dimension of a new past. My past doesn't hold me in bondage. My past has been spent in the presence of God. Even one day is your past. So help me with these three things. Number one, turn your eyes off of distraction. Number two, make up your mind that you will press through despite the contradictions to your faith. And number three, change your past by starting one day at a time. 